Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Passionate Conversations on a Casual Level. We're your hosts. I'm Brandy. And I'm Justin. Over the course of our lives, we may have done a thing or two we regret, as most people do, and is normal for human growth. So last week, we spoke about people pleasing on your own terms. We wanted to expand and dive even deeper this week as we discuss the differences and impacts of shame and guilt. But first, let's Let's get get passionate. passionate. How are you? (laughs) I'm good. Yeah? I'm good. I'm feeling fired up about what else? Real estate. Oh, yeah? What about it? (laughs) Well, Fill us in. I feel like we have not had a real estate conversation in a while. Yeah. it's been a while and a lot of things have changed. I think we were kind of projecting some change back in March and April when we had our financial advisor on. Yes. And it's starting to happen. Uh, a lot of the markets around the United States are starting to see some significant changes. Um, most notably, Austin, Texas, Phoenix, Arizona, Changes in what ways? Well, we're about to tell you. Okay. (laughs) Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, Very, very high influx of inventory, meaning a lot more homes uh, have hit the market. In fact, year over year, they're up over 200% in inventory in many cases. Really? um, Meaning that, you know. So what does that mean? There are obviously a lot more sellers than there are buyers. Hundred percent, yeah. There's there's a lot of houses for sale, and and most of these those are more high growth markets. Um, a lot of areas where there was opportunities to build a lot of houses. Oh, okay. So in Las Vegas, Phoenix, Austin, Texas, a lot of houses were being built and are being built. Um, and as interest rates have gone up, interest rates are around five percent right now mm-hmm. um which is actually lower than last month last month they hit a high of about six percent so it went it, it actually came down yeah it's kind of like a correction because it went up so fast from three percent to six percent that it had to it, it's natural to have a itself. retracement and then carry on further up uh, which is very likely to happen uh this year got it um so Those markets are going through a lot of turmoil, a lot of price reductions. So, you know, you might see um, 5% lower as far as what the prices were maybe five, six months ago in those markets. And you'll see those markets continue to go in that same direction as long as inventory stays high because it becomes kind of a a self-fulfilling prophecy. A lot of people are calling for a recession. A lot of people are calling for the housing market to crash. I don't think our Los Angeles market necessarily will crash. Right. Um, but if enough people are believing it, then enough people are kind of hesitant to pull the trigger on a property. And then, you know, you do see if you're shopping in one of those markets, you have so much to choose from. And you're yeah. thinking, wow, if there's this much already, what if more comes on the market? Mm. You know, and then you can really start putting bids out there like, hmm. Let me put a $30,000 bid less, yeah. 30000 less than what they're asking for. And, you know, maybe put 10 of those bids out and see who bites. Right. This is so crazy <clears throat> because it feels like just yesterday that people were having bidding wars yeah. and like well, buyers here- couldn't ask for anything 
like you'd be lucky, you know, yeah. to get what something, you know, yeah, fifty thousand like, over asking price, and yeah, do whatever the seller says. But here in the LA market, we still are having um, an appreciation. Inventory has gone up a little bit, but most of the hot markets are still hot and there's still low inventory. So I think towards the end of the year, we'll start to see a little bit more of what those other markets see um, are seeing right now. But ultimately, we're in the best, you know, the best location in all of the United States, are we? in my opinion, next to san diego which is also beautiful and oh you're talking yeah, kind of like as far weather as demand, and... yeah everyone wants to be here so yeah our market is kind of a unicorn in that sense where these other markets they're hot because people can Are work from anywhere there. and yeah. they kind of want to get away from here but once you get away from here you're <laughs> like oh maybe you want to move back <laughs> so yeah i mean i know we get um our price estimates on our house that we get from like redfin and it's tempting sometimes to see how much we can get and yeah i do get the urge you know to say hey let's go to another state or let's (laughs) you know let's just like pack up and yeah i know and um actually travel like with the money that we'll possibly get yeah but But you know i never let us do that no i know and honestly (laughs) i don't think i would really let us do that either it's just no no something that i throw out there because it's fun. Yeah. And in our market, our houses just continue to go up even this month. So. so yeah, that's good news. <laughs> Along similar lines with the economy. So I have been, you know, going here and there to do some shopping. Mm-hmm. And I've mentioned before, I'm not a big shopper. So I just go when I need to go. And there's been a couple times where I've needed to go here in Old Town and I've gone into J Crew, which is like this pretty big um, store where they have like women's clothes, men's clothes, even kids' clothes. Yeah. And the first time I went, um, I wasn't even really trying to bargain shop. I just was looking for what I needed. Well, I remember telling you how much I saved yeah. because everything was like 70% off of what was already on sale. And then after that, uh, shopping trip i saw an article that j crew is going bankrupt Mm -hmm. and this is how they're going to fix it well i didn't actually read the article but i do want to i just saw the headline and i was like huh maybe that's why and most recently i went this past weekend and the cashier is ringing me up and i have like maybe six seven things i'm buying and he like in the fifth item that i'm buying he says if you get one or two more things, you may be able to get 70% off your entire purchase. And I was just yeah, like, that's crazy. yeah, I was like, huh? Okay. <clears throat> well, and he's just, you know, pulling it up and he's just so nonchalant about it. Right. And I'm telling him like, can you tell me the price of each one? Like as you're going through, cause I was intentionally like trying to see if anything I got was on sale or yeah. what. And so he says by the sixth one, Oh, you got it. It's like, Oh, okay, cool. He's like, so instead of paying, $300, you're playing 180. So you save like $130. Yeah. I was like, Oh my God, I wasn't even trying. And just, wow. I don't know if obviously they are going bankrupt, but also I noticed as we were walking, which we've known for a long time, forever 21. 
has completely like shut its yeah. doors and our forever 21 here if i'm not mistaken it was like the very first forever 21 i'll have to research that if forever 21 um started in pasadena started in pasadena but it's so sad it's just yeah wiped out it's a lot of the brick and mortar businesses they're they're really struggling i mean online sales like online sales have probably never been higher and then you have the pandemic which i crushed think a the lot of people. pandemic well i think yeah i think people also were shopping online like you said so i'm sure places like forever 21 it didn't make any sense for them to keep their you know physical stores open right. so i don't know if they still have like online services but i honestly remember you know as like a young girl going into that forever 21 so it's yeah. just more so like that nostalgic like yeah coming me, to terms with all right things are things are changing it makes me wonder if you know we will see a world in the future without malls or you know yeah. strip malls those type of things but then again i mean we go to santa anita every once in a while since it's so close that's like the only big mall i think it's a good mall because they have a lot of things well, but it it always seems packed but you go in there now and where there was a disney store not there anymore well, yeah where there was like you know the places that maybe you want to go to the mall for yeah it's like there's no point um other than the food court and bowling <laughs> movies <laughs> well we've gotten older too but for high school kids you know it's nice to go to the mall and see other kids and... yeah but i thought that was interesting yeah something else that's really interesting to me is this topic and it's heavy very heavy so everyone brace yourselves maybe get yourself a drink or enjoy some coffee just don't go into a depression no we're just kidding. oh my gosh <laughs> no 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 so we're gonna be talking about shame and guilt and Something that I've resonated with are the differences between shame and guilt. Like for you, do you just thinking about it have any kind of key differences that you think of? I I really off the top of my head, I can't like you mentioned this topic and I'm curious to learn because shame and guilt to me, it, it, it might as well be shield. It just sounds it's kind of like the same thing yeah, to you. It sounds very similar. So, well, they're very different. <clears throat> I'm so, so grateful for Brene Brown. And you and I actually know her because, well, know of her because we read. We're good friends. <laughs> we read one of her books during the pandemic. Um, but she has studied courage, vulnerability, shame, and empathy for decades. And Based on the research that she's done, guilt, how she defines it is, it's holding something we've done up against our values, feeling psychological discomfort. So think about what it makes me think about is like doing something and it's going against our personal, like our, what we value and we know, gosh, that's, mm. we did something and that's going against everything we believe in, you know? Right. Um, however, she does find that guilt can be helpful. Shame is an intensely painful feeling, believing we are flawed and therefore unworthy of love or belonging. 
she says this is destructive. Mm. This can be destructive to um, how you can possibly find a cure for shame. Guilt, yeah. at least you can, the way she describes it, use it as a tool to make a change. Yeah, it sounds kind of constructive. Exactly, which I found really interesting because I was on kind of a similar wavelength as you. It was It was all the same. Yeah. But until I started hearing more about this, it's like, actually, well, no, it's what not. what you just said makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Brene Brown believes that if we want meaningful, lasting change, we need to get clear on the differences between shame and guilt and call for an end to shame as a tool for change. Powerful, right? Yeah. Well, I, I definitely more engaged. <laughs> yes. Yes. And um, something that I'm shameful, well, I wouldn't say I'm shameful. I don't know. You we'll, we'll discuss. Yeah. We'll discuss. We'll define it. <laughs> Something that I have felt immense guilt over for the past five years is choosing my career over bonding time with Lily when she was little. Yeah. I know that has been a big one for you. Yeah. Yeah. So. Tell us about it. To give some context, I, you know, was full force in my job and we were pregnant and the plans were that I was going to go right back to work. You know, there wasn't ever like a real discussion about how much time I was going to have off or anything. So we decided once I gave birth to Lily that at three months I'd go back to work. And I thought it was three weeks. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, might as well have been, huh? It went really fast, yeah. It went really fast. So at three months, I went back to work, and my mom watched Lily, which made me really, really comfortable yeah. with going to work. It's like when you have your mom or when you just have anybody that's so close to you, there's no worry of like, oh, my gosh, I wonder if they're okay or yeah it's like the next best person to care for your child basically there's none of that am i doing the right thing here because you don't have to question it they raised you for god's sakes it's like <laughs> exactly exactly and as time went on we decided that when she was getting closer to six months that we'd look for daycare for her mm -hmm. and i remember you kind of handled that whole journey of Getting some tours. Yeah, to fill in my side of the story. Yes, please um, do. Yeah, you were carrying most of the financial burden at that point. And I was I was starting to do a little bit better in my career and making a little more money, but yours was reliable. Um, so I did a lot of the transportation, if you will, of Lily. Um, you did. You would... You would, yeah, I would wake up early and have to get on the road, basically, to commute. Mm -hmm. And I'd take her to your mom's. You or... would prep her breakfast, prep her lunch. And I remember, like, writing you, like, long text messages of what to get. And I don't even remember I don't even that. think that you actually did it. Um, but you did your best. I had my own little check. You had your own. <laughs> <laughs> but that made me feel better, I guess, knowing that I had it. Yeah, a guy. say, <laughs> but yeah, you would take her to my mom's, um, and then when she started daycare, you would take her to daycare and drop yeah. her off. And I so, remember you guys had some good times in the car. Oh yeah. So to continue, 
um my mom i remember being was out here and we had set up maybe three or four different daycare tours um and the first one we went to was just kind of like a hard no like uh no this is just sketchy um but the second one we went to and i remember actually at the at the position you were at you were able to do like a thorough background check of these places before i don't remember exactly what the service was called yes actually yeah huge relief from my job that the they had a department within their hr that actually helped facilitate in looking into researching daycares for you so they had some sort of back-end system where you just tell them where you live where you want to find daycare and they look at the ratings they look at backgrounds like background checks they also one thing that they did that um really helped was they could see if there were any complaints or citations being filed to the daycare um and that i think was huge so i am super grateful on that end yeah and i remember that specific one um you had just mentioned that day that they don't have any citations and it was clear and they um had good ratings and me and my mom went and we just got all the warm and fuzzies and it was like i think this is it yeah (laughs) but i remember feeling like bad though because i was really excited about telling you and uh, at the same time like i knew there was a sense of excitement from you but ultimately i'm sure you felt you know sad that you weren't able to be there to be completely honest i didn't allow myself to feel sad yeah i think i may have felt it for a brief moment and then just went on so it's kind of like because i was suppressing all those feelings that i'm feeling them all now you know now that i have time or just it's all it goes back to like that survival mode you know like you do things to survive you do things to thrive so if i was going to be feeling sad it just how could i carry on (laughs) yeah you know so i needed to do what i had to do which is accept it and not really deal with it and let you handle it which i'm yeah super grateful for and i really love that your mom went along too that made me feel even better yeah um and so yeah our reality became her lily being at daycare um pretty much a full day yeah i think it was sometimes as early as what seven or six yep and then i would pick her up um and i would spend you know at the most three to four hours with her during the week um and it was really like our weekends that i got to obviously spend more time i remember feeling heartbroken though when i would pick her up sometimes from daycare and she would cry and not want to come home with me and i was just like what like but this was at before a year old or yeah i remember I believe it was before she was a year. Yeah. So, I mean, you think about it, 
that becomes more normal to her than actually being at her house, you know? Yeah. Sad. <laughs> yeah. But as you mentioned, it's a necessary sacrifice for the family to kind of move forward, you know? Right. Temporarily. I guess that's what I understand when you tell me, because I know we've talked about it and you've said even things like, hey, that was my time with her, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's like, oh, yeah. And now I have my time with Camden. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't change the fact that it hurts. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But is there shame? It, I, well, so now fast forward, I feel terribly guilty for all the time that I missed with Lily. Guilty. Yes. And where it gets tricky is when Lily displays signs of having a hard time um, or where she can be sometimes a little bit like clingy. Yeah. I blame myself for not being there for her. Mm. Like I blame myself for, you know, not meeting her needs when she needed it. Yeah. And just like, I guess that what if, like, what if I had been there, you know? Well, if you had been there, we probably would have been living out of a cardboard box. (laughs) 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 But, I mean, that's kind of like, I guess for me, if I were to put myself in your shoes, you know, as, as a man who is now the provider, you were the provider and you kept our family afloat and enabled us to keep, you know, the status and the, um, the life style that we, you know, had going on at that point. Right. I mean, you were the rock. So where it is like, yeah, I'm sure you have some certain feelings about that. I mean, you you have to know that, like, everything that you did was a sacrifice for us to to live. Yeah. Yeah, I know that. I do know that. Um, does, how about you? Like, do you feel any guilt about now the roles are reversed or just about anything else in general or shame? I feel guilty that I put you in that position to, you know, feel guilty. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds silly, but, you know, at the time, I just didn't, real estate's a tough business and it, it takes time to develop and yeah. So you really do feel that way? Yeah, of course. It's not it's not how I would have planned it out, but I feel like we've always had in many ways a very balanced relationship where we both help. Right. We both take each other into consideration when it comes to the workload. Um and it just seemed like a common theme throughout our relationship. So now only natural that I am on the other side of things and 
I don't think I do, um, honestly, because I, I feel like I'm always, especially with Lily, I'm always here. You know, I get home before five o'clock every single day. Right, with Lily, yeah, because she goes to school and yeah. you're here when she's here, basically. Right, yeah. I'm not getting as much of the early days as Camden, but I still feel like he's still so young. Um, mm -hmm. And we have weekends. Right, and so you feel you're getting that time in with him. Yeah, and I, I mean, realistically, my commute's not so far. I'm, I'm literally only missing, not only, but I'm missing about eight hours a day yeah you have a much more balanced right. work <laughs> whereas work life. you were missing 11 to 12 hours at some time yeah and so those few hours make a huge commute. difference absolutely yeah yeah now that i know the difference between shame and guilt um i don't know that i am shameful about much definitely guilt though you know that seems like by her definition it's like i said constructive and it makes you a better person to right. be guilty because if you think about it if if someone is not guilty what does that say about them right yeah <laughs> it means that they think they're perfect which would mean that they're a narcissist or they're just yeah they're not addressing a problem <laughs> right right like I don't need to feel guilty exactly. About that. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, but I can, you know, only imagine the types of shame and guilt that people feel and the impact it has. It does. It has a huge impact. And some things that I've learned is that people who feel shame are at risk for depression and anxiety disorders. Shame directs our focus inward and in viewing ourselves in a negative light. Guilt directs our focus on the feelings of others. Isn't that's really interesting to me? So shame is Can you elaborate. Is, yeah, so shame is what we feel that's like eating our eating our souls. You know, mm. we feel so shameful about ourselves of like yeah, just not like she mentioned, not feeling like we belong, unworthy of love just what are we doing here like we just want to vanish yeah guilt is we feel guilty and all of our feelings that we have are about what other people feel mm -hmm. so like how you mentioned you just felt you just realized you felt guilty that i that you, somehow i was now in a position to be guilty where shame would have been more so you looking into yourself mm. and looking at yourself in a negative light right yeah, it all makes sense now, honestly, because thinking about it inward versus outward. And what shame makes me think of is it's interesting because what you're saying is guilt, you think about it, someone else and the impact and shame, you think about it, the way that I think about it is maybe an impact that somebody else made on you and now you're shameful mm -hmm. um which is really interesting because you know i consider the people that were abused as children or you know maybe didn't grow oh, up wow. with you know a father figure or a mother figure and they might have that 
internal shame because of that. Right. And, and that was something that was done to them. Right. So it's like an opposite effect. Right. Which is super sad to think about. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think I've, I've definitely, you know, known people to have that um, type of relationship with themselves and not feel like they're worth it. And, you know, it's tough. It's tough because you have to really talk to them about <clears throat> big picture and, and what they mean in your life to mm. bring them, you know, out yeah. of that spot. Yeah, I think that's huge. Not feeling alone with these feelings, right? And wanted to offer some tips on how to let go of shame and guilt. It's, yeah, these things we don't have to deal with by ourselves. And some things that stood out to me were naming your guilt. So unaddressed emotions can build up over time, making you feel even worse. I can resonate with this, with not dealing with my emotions of feeling guilty, like the example of Lily. Yeah. I feel it worse <laughs> now because I kept that all in. I don't know how I would have felt if I just addressed it at the time. But um, can you imagine just going years and years and years and not addressing guilt, you know, and that just like makes you feel even worse than what actually transpired. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just mounting. Mounting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Apologizing and making amends. So you may not receive forgiveness immediately, but apologizing still helps you heal. Make, making amends means committing to change. So I think mm. this is where the guilt comes in, where guilt can be right. helpful and constructive because, <clears throat> yes, you're apologizing to let the other person know that you're sorry, you're sincerely sorry, and to make amends is you realizing you got to make a change, you know, and that's how you're going to move forward. Remember, guilt can work for you. Guilt serves as an alarm that lets you know you've made a choice that conflicts with your personal values. I like that. I think <laughs> on a wider note, I have guilt around. We talked about this actually in an earlier segment where we were just talking about technology. Mm -hmm. um, guilt around like time on my phone, you know, yeah. because it does conflict with my values. And it's not something that certain times, you know, when you catch yourself just aimlessly on social media or something it's not i rather i know consciously i rather be doing something more constructive with my time or more precious with our children you yeah. know what i mean so so that feeling <clears throat> you now are able to kind of use it to your advantage absolutely yeah i yeah. was thinking about that earlier today even and just kind of noticing more of a habit and like okay this is not the way that I want to spend my time. Let me flip this into like an audiobook or something positive. Right. Yeah. I like that. The last tip I got was forgive yourself. You look to the future without letting mistakes define you. You grant yourself love and kindness by accepting your imperfect self. Forgiving yourself is huge. I think for me, Forgiving myself 
Actually, something that just came to my mind was also having to do with Lily. Remember that first night or second night bringing her home from the hospital? Mm-hmm. And we had put on this Velcro, what do they call them? Sleep sacks. Sleep sacks. And these are like first generation when they first came out, probably. Yeah. And I remember that was a very first blog post I think I ever did. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember just feeling um, the first time I ever felt this way was basically when we realized, oh my gosh, she's like turning a different color. She's turning blue. Like, can she breathe? What, you know? Yeah. And immediately I let you know when we took it off and she was fine. But like that brief moment of like, oh my God, I could have caused her to die. Like, yeah. and I, I don't know if you remember, but I just remember crying and crying and like going to sleep and then waking up and crying again. And it was just a horrible night. Yeah. I remember there was a lot of sleep deprivation there too. Um, and we were just. It was overall a very, very emotional night. That was the first night having her home. Yeah, and we were, we were coming off of such a high. We were so happy, mm-hmm. and this one thing just... Absolutely. And I remember not even saying a word about it to your mom, who was staying with us. Yeah. For I don't know how many days. Well, of course, new parents, and we're like, oh my gosh, we almost just our daughter and, yeah yeah i mean i felt it i think a lot more than you did no i for sure well uh, you felt it in the <laughs> moment but i'm saying i was still like stewing on it i think when she was two years old and i gave her an apple and she began to choke on it, it was <laughs> a little more intense for me uh well <laughs> that was my uh that moment you had but it too so oh really <laughs> yeah the bottom line is guilt belongs in the past Yeah, remember you don't have to resolve these feelings on your own. Begin to give yourself space to learn how to forgive yourself and move forward. So if you guys enjoyed this topic, this podcast, do us a big favor. If you know someone that may benefit from hearing these episodes, please pass it along. And rate and review our podcast. And let's continue expanding on conversations like this. Until next time. Stay inspired.